Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's another wonderful privilege to bring us word to you, especially in the season of Easter. Happy Easter celebration or happy exhortation celebration, whatever it is that you call it. This is the period, this is the season, this weekend up until Monday, that we celebrate the passion, the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate what he has done for us on Calvary Street. This cruel and substitutionary death, his glorifying burial, his triumphant resurrection, and his regal ascension. Someone might say, why did you call his burial glorifying? Well, you need to visit Always Fragrance website at alwaysfragrance.com because there's a beautiful, beautiful article there that explains why the burial of Jesus is a glorifying burial. Now, the event leading up to the arrest, trial and eventual baseless conviction of Jesus were rather puzzling for the lack of a better word. If we follow John's account, John's gospel, Jesus has gotten himself into a big trouble with the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem for two things basically. Uh, the first was that he healed uh, a paralytic man on the Sabbath day and which the Jewish leaders has constituted to be walking on the Sabbath day the nation of Israel was not supposed to walk and then the Jewish leaders have said that for healing that man on the Sabbath day Jesus had violated the Sabbath law of rest and had walked and then subsequently in his in his discourse with the with the Jewish leader which was somewhat like a trial Jesus's defense of himself can be summed up in one thing Jesus had equated himself to God from then on the Jewish leader that sought to kill him. Following that, the Jewish leader had serious heated debate and confrontation with Jesus. And then also after these days, they had a few attempts to arrest him, to apprehend him, but these attempts were not successful. John Zakanda said that the reason for the failed arrest was because his hour has not yet come. This phrase, his hour has not yet come, has appeared many times in the New Testament with a few variations. What does it mean and how is it important to the believer and anybody who might be listening to me today? This is the discussion we'll be having in this special Easter episode of Always Fragrance Podcast. You're welcome and thanks for joining me. John's Gospel account continues in chapter 2 with the story of a wedding that took place in a little village in Cana of Galilee. The wedding has been speculated to be a family scene. Jesus had attended the wedding. Probably one of the people getting married was a close relative of Jesus and then Jesus had gone with a few of his disciples and unfortunately something not so good happened during the wedding ceremony. They ran out of wine. And uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, stepped in and went to Jesus for some help. She, of course, must have had some notions about the specialty of Jesus. And more than notions, 
he remember she was the one that the angel appeared to and during the dedication of jesus the prophet simeon and the prophetess anna spoke wonderful things about jesus and scripture says that mary committed those things to heart so most of all these words were in the heart of mary and mary must have been ruminating upon them and then while jesus was going particularly as recorded in, in the gospel of luke they went to jerusalem mary joseph and jesus himself went to jerusalem for the feast and jesus got missing because jesus stayed back in jerusalem was enjoying the fellowship of the teachers there and then the parents had traveled in their caravan for a few days and then realized that jesus was not in their company and had to come back to jerusalem to look for their missing son and found him while he was enjoying himself with the teachers right there in jerusalem and then what Jesus said, that, Why are you looking for me? Do you not know that I should be above my father's business? Mary also committed it to heart. You see, all of these things were already in Mary's heart and then it was most have been ruminating upon it and knew, of course, the uniqueness of Jesus. So Mary went up to Jesus and said, Please do something. And Jesus answered her in verse 4 of John chapter 2 that I can't do this because my hour has not come. It's the first time that that phrase will be coming up my hour has not yet come in the account of job and what jesus was basically trying to stay say here is that my time for public ministry and of course public miracles and self-revelation has not come although jesus went on to perform the miracle if you continue to read in john 2 but he did it somewhat privately to the extent that the the compare of the uh, of the wedding ceremony and the, the the couple were not aware of what happened only probably jesus the the mother of jesus and the servant who fetched the water were fully aware of what was happening in fact the servant fetched water from the pot and took it to the compare of the ceremony and it probably turned to wine somewhere somewhere in between the journey or while the guy was tasting what was supposed to be water so he went on to do the miracle but someone privately and then a few chapters after later in in the gospel of john as well in john chapter 7 jesus at this time was back home in galilee and his brothers told him that brother if you if you want to be famous if you want to be big as the savior you have to go to judea that is where things are happening if you want to be famous you cannot stay in the village you have to be in the city and this is the time to be in the city is the time of the feast of the tabernacles this is the right place jerusalem and this is the right time the time of the feast there are a lot of people that will be showing up in jerusalem about this time so you know let's seize this opportunity and go to jerusalem to show yourself as the, as the messiah you know what this your miracles on the national stage as it were jesus answered that my hour has not come again you see there's the second time that this phrase is happening however jesus here is saying that this is not my time to manifest myself to the nation as the messiah and king you see so he told them i'm not going you guys go so i'm not going to go openly like you guys are going to attend the feast uh, jesus eventually went but secretly not to attend not to participate in the feast as it were but he went secretly to teach because now what the time is for jesus is the time of teaching 
and preaching. And then we would come back to that to explain it later. In that same John, John chapter 7 verse 13, the phrase, for his time has not yet come, appeared again. This time around it was something different. Jesus has been teaching during the Feast of the Tabernacles. And then there were different reactions in the multitudes. Remember he had been on the blacklist of the Jewish leaders for healing that man on the Sabbath day and for equating himself to God all in chapter 5 of the book of John. Now the Jewish leaders had sent guards to go arrest him. But they couldn't arrest him, John said, for his time has not yet come. Here it means that his time for his arrest and death has not yet come because he had to fulfill all order of his purposes that will lead up to his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Again, there is a beautiful article on alwaysfragrance.com where you see where I had explained the purpose that Jesus had to fulfill leading up to the cross. The title of that article is Before the Cross. So one of the one of the mission of Jesus was to teach. Jesus said in the book of Luke that I must go into other provinces, into other villages to preach for this is the reason that I have come. One of the reasons why Jesus had come is to preach, is to teach. Details are in that article before the cross. The guards couldn't arrest him because his time has not yet come. He had to do the teaching. He has to fulfill the teaching purpose as well because his time has not yet come to die. And the guards couldn't arrest him. They came back and asked them, why couldn't you arrest Jesus? They said, no one has spoken like him. No one has spoken the words that he has spoken. The Jewish leaders were hungry. They said, have ye also believed? In other words, Jesus was such a fantastic teacher that even the guards that were sent to arrest him were, were, were were dazzled by the kinds of things that he taught. In fact, in the same John chapter 7, Jesus taught so excellently well that the people were amazed and he said, hey, this teaching that I'm teaching is not my teaching, it's the teaching of the Father, it's what the Father wants you to know. So don't be really amazed by this, but give glory to God because this is what God wants you to know and this is what God has been passing across to you from the days of Moses. So what exactly is Jesus' power? We can see from scripture that Jesus' entire life focused around this is our thing. Unlike us that we look forward to, uh, 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 we look forward endlessly to some beautiful, you know, time in our life. We look forward to the hour where we will buy our first car, you know. We look forward to the hour where we would get married and so on and so forth. Now, Jesus' hour was not just a mere event in his life, some beautiful, glorious event in his life. Jesus' hour is the very crux of history, the very core of time. It is the most significant hour in all of history. Jesus' hour is the center of all of time, past, present, and future. The hour is that of Jesus' passion, Jesus' death, Jesus' burial, his resurrection, and ascension. Now, we have been seeing before now different places and time where we've seen that his hour has not come. But then, in John 12, verse 23, the Greeks, the Gentile nation, non-Jewish people came to see Jesus. They wanted to see him. The nations were now beginning to inquire of the Savior. 
This is their subtle version of the Hosanna cry, which had happened earlier in chapter 12 in the triumphant entry, which literally fulfilled the request of Jesus' mother and his brothers in John chapter 2, verse 4, and John chapter 7, verse 6. Now, the chapter of John chapter 12, Jesus earlier, before, before the Gentiles came to see him, he had made a triumphant entry to Jerusalem. In the triumphant entry, Jesus had ridden a donkey into Jerusalem, receiving the cheer and the praise of the people. The people were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which literally means save us. Okay, and Jesus receives that cheer, receives that praise. This way, he openly declared his messiahship and received the people's cheer and praise as their messiah. Again, the details of the significance of this triumphant entry is also on an article on the blog alwaysfragrance.com. The title is Hosanna in the Highest. There, I explain in details what happened in the triumphant entry. Now, this cry of Hosanna from the Gentiles because they came to see Jesus. They saw Philip, Philip saw Andrew, they went to tell Jesus that the nations, the Gentiles, were asking for him. So this inquiry of the Gentiles were their Hosanna version of the triumphant entry. Before now, the Gentiles had come to see Jesus, but they had come to see Jesus essentially for a miracle, like the Syrophoenician woman in Mark chapter 7. But what they have come to cry for, unlike the Jewish people who were crying Hosanna to Jesus to save them from political occupation. They were crying Hosanna because they wanted some form of emancipation. But the nations are now seeking to see Jesus because they wanted to know, because they wanted to learn of him. Remember before now, Jesus had earlier sent his disciples out. And he warned them sternly not to go into the ways of the nations, into the path of the Gentiles. He said they should go even into the nation of Israel only because before his death, salvation was never opened to the Jews and to the Gentiles. So his disciples went to proclaim the kingdom of God to heal the sick and to cast out demons and so on and so forth. Only at his death, burial, resurrection was their salvation, the forgiveness of sin, available to both Jews and Gentiles. And now as the Gentiles were coming to press in, to inquire of him, Jesus then proclaimed in John chapter 12 verse 23 that now my time has come. Now my time has come. As the Gentiles press into our Savior, our Savior declared that his time has come for him to be glorified. Earlier in John chapter 7, Jesus has declared that there will be our outpouring of the spirit of adoption and then everybody would come to know him as savior and receive forgiveness of sin but it cannot happen because he has not been glorified john said in chapter 7 of the gospel of john so now jesus had to be glorified jesus said now my time has come the time for his passion the time for his death his burial is resurrection and ascension now the time has come because when that time comes that is when salvation can be given both to gentiles and to jews now the time also has come because the other mission of jesus which included teaching primarily has also been fulfilled in the following chapter 
John chapter 13, after he had declared that his time has come in John chapter 12. In John chapter 13, from the very first verse, the scripture says, now that Jesus knows that his time has come to leave, he started his farewell esoteric teachings and discussions with his disciples. Commissioned them, taught them how to serve, taught them how to lead. And within days, within days of declaring that my time has come, he was now arrested. And then his passion began. And then he was killed. And then he was buried. And then he rose from the dead. And then he ascended into heaven. Now, what is the implication of this? From the moment that Jesus declared that his time has come, he has made it possible for us to receive forgiveness of sin. Just like in John chapter 7. He said, He whosoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Of this he spoke of the Spirit, which has not yet been released, which has not yet been poured out upon us, for Jesus has not yet been glorified. But when Jesus declared in John chapter 12 verse 23 that now my time has come, for him to be glorified, then the season and the dispensation of the outpouring of the Spirit, the Spirit of adoption, from which we receive the forgiveness of sin, has now come. And that is why Paul wrote so masterfully in, in, second, in second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, that now is the time of salvation. Ever since Jesus declared that his time has come for him to be glorified, he also declared that now the time has come for the world, Jews and Gentiles alike, to be saved. The time of salvation has come. In John chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman in the village of Seca by the well. He said, now is the time. The time is coming and now is the timing when those who shall worship the Father will worship Him in spirit and in truth after Jesus was glorified. Now is the time where we worship the Father indeed, not worshiping Him in, in shadows and in symbols, but we worship Him in spirit, which is the true, real worship because the Father is a spirit and those that must worship Him must worship Him in spirit, which is the real, true worship. Even in John chapter 5, Jesus said that now the time has come that those who are dead will hear my voice and live. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says that we that were dead in our trespasses, every man is dead in his sin. But now when the Son of God is glorified, now that the time has come for the Son of God to be glorified, we heard his voice and we arose from our death. We arose in the Spirit and became alive unto God in righteousness because we believed. Now is the time. So all those times that his time has not come, his time has not come, his time has not come, he said it to his mother, he said it to his brothers. They couldn't even lay hands on him because his time has not come. In John chapter 7 verse 30. But Jesus said, his time has come. He, he, he publicly rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, declared his messiahship, received the Hosanna of men, and now he knew that his time has come to be glorified. And from that moment, the time has come for man also to receive salvation. So this week, as we commemorate the death, burial, resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, remember that now is the time. The time has now come 
for the salvation of the nations. The time has now come since the Son has been glorified for the Spirit to be poured out. The time has now come for those who have been alienated from the commonwealth of Israel to come into the family of God, a city that is being built by God, not by human hands. The community that Abraham looked forward to. Now is the time. Now is the time that we worship the Father indeed. Now is the time that we worship the Father in the Spirit. Now is the time that our deadness have come to life because we have heard the voice of the Son of God. If you have never put your faith in the Son of God, this is the voice of the Son of God that can cause your spirit to come alive. The time has come now. The time has come now. This is the time that the Son of God is glorified. This is the time of the appointment of the Spirit. This is the time for the forgiveness of sin. This is the time for salvation. The hour has now come. And all of this is made available because the Son of God died. The Son of God was buried. The Son of God resurrected on the third day and the Son of God ascended into heaven days later. The time has come. So if you have never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, now is the time because now the time has come. You don't have to wait anymore. You don't have to wait anymore. Believe, hear his voice, and let the dead come to life. Because now, as the hour comes. Thank you for joining us in today's teaching session. We believe strongly that you were immensely blessed by the sharing of the word of God. For more information and inquiries, you can reach us on our Facebook page, Always Fragrance. And on our Instagram page, we'll be delighted to connect with you. Join us again to continue in the next positive teaching. Till then, remain ever blessed.